What's going on, guys and gals? Welcome to episode 61 of the WorkPrints Gamescast, brought to you by theworkprint.com. As always, I'm your host, Rob, and I'm being joined by my co-host and producer of the show, Bilal. What's up, Bilal? I am sore. I am very, very sore. Sore from what? <laughs> um, so I decided... You know, I have a baby on the way. I already have back issues. I have like a herniated disc. And so, uh, like many of us over the last 18 months, I decided not to do anything. I stopped going to the gym uh, because of COVID. And so I decided to get back into um, exercising. But okay. not just any exercising. I, I have a publicist friend that uh, I met over the years, Arun Singh. I think, I forget. I think he's with Skybound right now. Um and he posted this workout program he was using uh, featuring this trainer that trains Hollywood celebrities. Uh, and the one he was doing was the Winter Soldier program. the Essentially the workout that um, Sebastian Stan used uh, for training for the Winter Soldier role. So, you know, I downloaded the app. I fired it up. It has great videos of everything that you do uh, explains it really well how long you should wait how long you should rest and this is kind of what i need it's kind of why i had a trainer in the past because when i go to the gym i just hurt myself because i don't know how to hold my body <laughs> the right way or yeah, I, sure, I tweak something sure. and then like i don't know how to compound uh one exercise to the next like i know i can lift dumbbells this way or that way but then tie it in with something else and you're just like really working out i've only done this for four days it was a push a pull a legs and then another push one today my I, I walked out of the shower and my wife's like oh my god how and it's only been four days and i feel great like the changes are already like starting to come in mm -hmm. um but because yesterday was legs it really hurts to sit <laughs> and so my wife's already waddling around pregnant and then i'm right behind her waddling around because of like day. <laughs> So yeah. it, it's just two people that can't really bend over or do anything right now in my household. Well, as coincidence would have it, I actually rejoined the gym last week and yesterday was my first day back in. And I woke up this morning laying in bed and I was destroyed. I just felt so out of shape. And so I don't know about you, but for me, whenever I feel that out of shape, it's just motivation for me to be like, all right, I can't let myself get back to this point. Right. Yeah. I have to get back into the flow of things. And it's, so, um, yeah, it, it's, it's like, I want to be able to hold my, my, my child. I also want to not be able to like, be, I don't want to have an incident where I bend over and I pick him up and I'm just like, Oh, I'm back. I'm an old man. You know, like I, I don't want that. Um, yeah. so it was just like, okay, it's time to get back in. Uh, plus the Apple watch makes it fun with the rings and everything, closing all your rings. Um, so I'm, you know, back at it and being smarter, stretching, taking my time. I think yesterday was the first time I actually spent two hours in the gym. So it's just mm -hmm. like, um, it's like, a, I think as I'm completing the things, closing this, the circles, it's like achievements for me in my mind. Uh, just like, uh, I, I'm like gamifying it just to make it fun for myself. Yeah. So when I get back into the gym, I like get back into the gym and I'm pretty mm -hmm. regular. It's four or five times a week. And so I went back to the gym that I was at uh, prior to the pandemic and everything getting shut down. So it's been about a year and a half since I was in the gym last. I went to the gym around 4 p.m. my time yeah. and it was nothing but gym bros. It was oh. 
a nightmare and I had to wait for everything and nobody's wearing a mask. No, don't get me wrong. I'm fully vaccinated. So yeah, it still weirds me out though, to see that many people like breathing heavily, not wearing a mask. And so I went, <laughs> as I was leaving, I asked the guy at the front desk, I was like, Hey, when's the quietest time, you know, for the gym. So I don't have to wait. And so there's not a ton of people. And he's like, Oh, the time I come is when it's quietest. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, when is that? And he goes, Oh, between 4:30 AM and 9 AM. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I guess I'm just gonna have to deal with these gym bros. Cause I am not coming at 4:30 AM. Yeah. And it's, I think that's one of the things I'm running into, going to run into trouble with next week. I took this week off um, just with mm -hmm. family, like my sister and brother in town, my sister-in-law flew in as well. And it was, it, it's just, it's been so busy. Like I can't imagine working through this and then going out for dinners or visiting and just whatever is planned. It's, it's just so much. And I'm just like, I need to unwind. I know I'm going to have like, a thousand emails waiting for me by the end of the week, but I think it's a small price to pay just to like sleep in and catch up, yeah, rest. Yeah. But like, I mean, yeah, I don't, we were... I don't know what the gym situation is gonna be like because like once we go back, like I have to go back into the office starting next week, twice a week, uh, and that's weird. I don't want to. Yeah, go... yeah. So that's funny. I, I have a lot of friends who are getting back into their office, and their companies are changing the policies, and. For me, because the courts have, they were shut down for maybe a month or two, but for the most yeah. part, I mean, the courts have to be open to some degree. So I've been going into the office and going into court for the better part of a year now. So I, for me, it's not that big of a change, everything opening up. And actually it's only made my job easier because there were so many hurdles that I had to jump through before, because even though the courts were open, the clerk windows weren't open they weren't full service the same way they normally are and now we're getting back to that so work has actually gotten easier for me which is nice with everything opening back up and i'm already used to being in the office i mean we talked about this actually right before we went on a little bit during the pre-show but this past week has been for me as well a very busy life week so yeah. i haven't gotten a chance to play a ton of new games or a ton of games in general, but there are some that I've been playing and I know you finished a couple of games. So why don't we just go ahead and get into what we've been playing? Why don't you start it off? Cause you have actually beat some games. Yeah. So um, what have you been playing? I, so we did the Mario golf stream, uh, I think two weeks ago, uh, where, you know, it was close. It was very close. Um, d despite what the media says. And, and it so was, it was not close. It was not close. <laughs> There is literally an archive people can just go and see. So your lies, oh, no way here. They mean nothing. <laughs> a delete archive of Mario Goldstream. <laughs> Add it to the to, to list. So, yeah, one of the things we, I think we quickly realized when we jumped into multiplayer uh, was we need to actually play through the adventure mode to unlock all the courses. And so I wanted to make sure we actually have those maps and we can do Mario Golf. Uh, properly, so I went through, and I was playing Mario Golf consistently throughout the week, and then last night I, I just made that final push, stayed up till about four a.m. finishing that adventure mode, and man, am I torn because I spoke so highly about it that first podcast after it came out, and then after, if I had just played another hour of it, I think my mood would have drastically switched because 
you do the beginner course, you do speed golf, they introduce you to it, and then they introduce you to cross-country golf, which is the worst Yeah, cross-country golf is bad. Also, uh, the, yeah. the way they do it, where they make you do a practice round, mm-hmm. then nine the, holes, yes. then the back nine, then the full 18 before you move on. I think that is the biggest mistake they made. If they just did practice round and then you do the full 18 and you move on, I, I don't think it wouldn't have been have, as bad. But it does feel like they are just hand-holding and, and filling in content that doesn't need to be done. And I agree. The way we played is mm-hmm. the best way to play Mario Golf. Like just playing uh, standard golf. And granted, I haven't done the battle golf yet. Yeah. But just playing standard golf so far where, you know, you hit it, then I hit it, then whoever, the way most golf games are, is the best way to play that game. Because speed golf isn't that bad, but the actual moving to the ball is unnecessary and doesn't feel good. Right. Yeah. And then the cross it, it, country it, golf it, is just bad. Like mm-hmm. it is flat out bad. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting because like the cross country golf, it's like here's nine holes, you have forty shots to land or everything. I think and I any order do, you want, any order you want. Yeah, but they're at different elevations. You don't yeah. have the lob shot, which they don't teach you until much later in the game, which would make your life so much easier. You have to like fire your shot into a tornado that lifts you your ball up into a higher elevation, and you'll be able to like then get closer to your hole. And having to replay that three times, I just like. Almost snapped that switch in half because it was frustrating. Um, but after that, it goes into I think like a desert area where you um, have like you have to do speed golf, but you have to be quick because you yeah. have like a dehydration, like a, a water percentage that it's just drops, a different so form go, of speed golf. Yeah. It's not again that wasn't it, very that good. Was, yeah, it was it's just more speed golf. Yeah. Uh, the one after that added environmental elements like. Hey, if you hit it above this uh, spot, you'll get struck by electricity, which is actually kind of cool. Uh, because once you get struck by electricity, your power bar fluctuates because mm-hmm. you're like all jittery, so you don't know exactly where you're hitting it. Um, but it's really weird because they slowly roll out a lot of the features in that game. Like, hey, this is how you do the spin. This is how you do lob. And I kind of wish they just front loaded all that. They taught me that from the very get go, and then let me just play through the courses. Uh, normally, like eventually, you get to like a special event where you play against Luigi and Donkey Kong, which is like a full 18 hall course, nice and easy, great. Like I had a blast yeah. doing that. I kind of wish no, the rest it, of the game was like that. It's funny you mentioned that they don't teach you that stuff, and they slowly dole it out. Mm-hmm. Because I, before I even started the game and played any of the modes, I went into the how to play section that's in the main menu or in the settings. I don't remember where it mm-hmm. is. And I read through all that stuff. So when I'm playing the game, they're teaching me stuff that I've already been doing for three hours, right? Yeah. And there are some things that you just don't get access to. Like in the very beginning, you don't get access to the rangefinder to figure out how far away the hole is. And I still haven't gotten access to the Elev- upgraded. Yes, exactly. The upgraded one that actually lets you go over to on top of where you're looking at which would be a huge help because on some of these courses, there are obstacles in the way and you can't see them. That's the other thing is Mm -hmm. that when you're, it's one thing that when you're just playing against other people, right? And everybody's tackling it for the first time. But when you're doing something like speed golf or cross country golf and you can't see the whole layout and it's just that aerial view, it is frustrating. Uh, I still think that 
there are some reviews out there that were a little bit harsh on as an overall score. Mm -hmm. But I do see where they were coming from now the more I've played that golf adventure mode. Because I agree. I mean, the pure Mario Golf, what we did the other night, the really mm -hmm. basic, this is golf, is awesome. And it's a lot of fun. And yeah, even I like when the you, special it, abilities too. Like yes. they add a little mm -hmm. nice little twist to it. But when you start getting into speed golf and cross-country golf, like they're not good additions they're just not fun and everything about that golf adventure mode is tedious like it just feels like it's wasting my time a, a big part of it for me um as i played through more and more of it especially when you get to towards the end because they add in like a fantasy like actual rpg story to it for this final section like there's these trials you do to get a lightning sword then you go fetch a fire gem and then you have to go stop the snow king it's just like okay this is the rpg side of it but like they create this town for you that is lackluster there's nothing really going on i don't didn't even bother talking to anyone inside that town uh then they uh you know you walk around they send you back and forth through places the arrow that guides you but it, it, it's just it's just adding to the, the time clock at the end of the day there's nothing special about it there's a shop that you can buy additional wedges and elevation or range finder but yeah. you don't need any of it there's nothing no. there's nothing there and honestly the base clubs are better yeah like, it's like i i never felt like i was lacking anything uh at right. the end of the day with all that um I, like i did like the story stuff they added at the end it was it was kind of cool um but it was very basic i wish they had it feels like this game had to hit this release date for nintendo and COVID messed around a lot of it. And they're like, well, we could just put all this together. We have these courses and then we'll just me me structure it like this. And everyone will love it because it's Nintendo. <laughs> They'll buy it anyway. And we did. Uh, but the pure gameplay, like we said, the 18 holes, playing with friends, I think that's where this game shines. Uh, yeah. I'm excited to for our next exhibition uh, match. Um, we can definitely have a lot more fun because those other courses add a lot of fun elements they're really uh the structure of it's really cool so i'm excited yeah. to play through it and yeah the adventure I, mode is lackluster so yeah i agree 100 percent. it's one of those things where i've also been playing through the adventure mode and i am at the course right after the desert course so i i'm assuming i'm like three quarters of the way through yeah that, that mode it's like about six seven hours long altogether for yeah. adventure mode and so i am it it does feel like a slog at this point. That being said, I am still excited to play this game in the future and, and play with you guys and just play the online multiplayer. And even I would much rather just go in there and play 18 holes by myself than play this golf adventure. And so it does show you that, in, in my opinion, the core golf that's there is still a ton of fun and is worth it at the end of the day. Uh, is it worth the full retail price as a whole package? Part of me wishes that they had just released, they had cut the golf adventure mode completely and just had released the game as is at like a $40 price point. I think that would have came across much better, but mm -hmm. um, what yeah. else have you been playing? So this afternoon, I after my wife's appointment, I can was like listen i gotta finish scarlet nexus because i want to talk about this on the podcast uh like because i'm at the final phase i just need to get through this section um and 
wrapped credits, I think, like, 10 minutes before we went live uh, with the pre-show. Uh, I love it. Scarlet Nexus was fantastic. Like, if I had to give it a score, it was, like, a 9 out of 10. Uh, and I pray to God it, it gets a sequel because it... You know how a lot of games, movies come out nowadays and they try to be a franchise. Look at the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Instead of just being a good Spider-Man movie, they try to lay this groundwork for a Spider-Man cinematic universe that just never, never came to fruition because the movies weren't good. Scott I mean, Nexus, I, 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 hold on real quick. I think that first one's pretty fun. good. The second they're, one is, the second one is the yes. problem because that's yes. the one that got overly ambitious and what it wanted to be and to create this universe. Yes. But like, yeah, like, I agree. A lot of games do do that. Yes. And so... It comes, it tells its story, it creates its world, it draws you into its characters, and you spend time with these characters. Um, like I mentioned, like it has that persona bond, uh, the bonds uh, system in it. Though, I think one of my complaints with it is it happens in between like the chapters, the phases in this game. And so once you complete a chapter, then you have like somewhere between a half hour to an hour of bond episodes that you can have with these characters you can skip through them if you really don't care for them but like i wanted to actually like these characters i felt like uh they're really neat uh they also had two team episodes which were really cool which is just like once both uh yuito and kasane's parties come together near that like the back third back quarter of the game um you you know there's like bonding episodes it kind of feels like a little short 10 to 12 minute um you know, like, like a Spongebob episode, kind of. You know, there's like an A and B storyline to it all. It's like you see everyone come together. It, it feels good. Um, and, like, it, it made me feel for these characters. Like, I want to see what comes next. Uh, and it, they do a great job of, like, telling their story and setting up the world and, like, everything that... There's so much more that they can do with this that I can't wait to see a Scarlet Nexus 2. So you um, played through both... Just Yuito's. Just Yuito's. Just oh, just Yuito's. So, and so how long did that take you? T- 27 hours um, mm, at the end of the day. That's a little bit, that's a little bit longer than I was it, hoping you'd say. It is a bit long. Uh, it depends. Like, if you want to invest in the Bond episodes, you can. Um, that That's where a lot of that, some of that time. But I will say, like, I did leave it on maybe for two or three hours there. So it might, there might be just be some, like, runtime of me just, like, away from the uh, console. Uh, but, like, I am with you. I might not jump into Kasane's story just yet but like i got the you get the full story just from one playthrough there's stuff that happens in kasane's story that like i that, like, like you get told it happens but i would like to experience it uh okay. myself at a certain point so it's it's not like oh there's no point in playing through it there there is um the combat is amazing i think one of the things in rpgs that always bug me it's like you always choose your party of three or four and like you kind of stick with your core characters in this you use everybody's powers you have all access to every like all eight abilities and you're just flying through and just decimating battles at the end like everyone is useful every every power is needed and it all all that factors in at the like especially in that that final um that final arena i like I know people are, are like, oh, that kind of looks like a Game Pass game. Like, no, like I understand that feeling. Like, you don't want to take that chance. But, like, this is a right. game I highly recommend people go out check. Especially if you're, like, a fan of anime. It's anime as hell. The plot twists get even crazier <laughs> even after I've said that for the past two weeks. It's it's so good. Uh, yeah. Two thumbs up. Highly recommended. 
All right, I'm going to have to give it a try. The problem is, is I still haven't finished Persona 5. I haven't even started 13 Sentinels. Oh, and so, yeah, I, I already have like these JRPG anime anime games that I need to get through. The problem is the time sink, honestly, and those yeah. two are much bigger time sinks than this one seems to be. But I want to get through those before I hop on another one. I am you, going to play this game at some point. Do you have a disc edition for the PS5? Yes. All right. Maybe I'll send you my copy, uh, especially once this baby rolls around. Because <laughs> uh, I don't think <laughs> I'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I want to definitely dig into the Kasane soon, but may, I might just take a little bit of a break. Uh, I did pick up Doki Doki Literature Club, which you. I cannot said, wait for you to play that game. Yeah. Which oh you said God. you want me to stream, and I don't know how exciting of a stream that will be. I like. I have not gotten spoiled yet on what happens there because uh, I, I know it's short, but. Um, I'm I'm telling you, it'll be a good stream. Yeah. It's gonna start off slow, mm-hmm. but it'll be a good stream. I think you should stream it, and I'll be there in Discord to commentate. Okay, if if I can find the time, uh, I will I'll stream it. It's, I mean, yeah. If not, just play it. Yeah, like, just play it. I love that <laughs> game so much. It's it's one of the few gaming experiences that has stayed with me. For a long time that i will i'll never forget playing that game honestly yeah. and I, I don't want to overhype it because it's not you know it's not playing halo or halo 2 for the first time it's not on that level right but it is very good i, I it is very good <laughs> I, I will say one of the funniest things about the game is when i did fire it up the first thing that pops up on the screen is all the characters in this game are 18 years old Oh, that's funny. And, they're and not. over. That's funny. And, uh, and over. They do and not then, look like they're and, and then, and then I was like, I was like, okay. And then yeah. it goes in like, there's some, there's some serious dark shit in this game. And some of it's really disturbing. We can spoil some of that, of what that is for you right now and let you know just so you're prepared. Or you can say no and just dive in and figure it out as it comes along. I said no. Uh, yeah, <laughs> don't. Like, that bums me out. It shouldn't even yeah. have, and I understand why they do that. But I don't believe when I played the PC version that I had any of that. I had no idea. I had just heard that the PC version, that this game was worth playing and that it was an experience and it was, it was totally... Yes, too. and that yeah. it was totally different than what you think it is to start off. And so for it to give those warnings kind of mm-hmm. takes away, in my opinion, uh, a little bit. I wonder if it'll impact you and have the same effect that it had on me now that you... Because, I mean, you start playing that game, and for me, it just seems like a... Uh, oh, my God. What are they What are they called? Uh, oh, uh, oh it's visual a, uh, novel. Yeah. It just it's seems a, like a visual novel dating sim. It is a visual novel, yeah. but it feels like a visual yeah. novel dating sim. And then daddy. it takes, yeah, exactly. And then it takes a turn, and so for it to warn you about there being some dark elements there, I don't know. I'm ex- I'm excited for you to play it, yeah. and just so that we can talk about it, even if you don't stream it, just so we can talk about it and talk about it here on stream. Uh, besides I, those two, is there anything else that you've played? No, nothing. I, I'm trying to figure out what I want to do for the rest of the month. Uh, I know a Plague Tale Innocence just got its uh, next gen update. It's on. Yeah, I'm tempted on to game play Pass. that too. And, and like, yeah. uh, I thought it would be. I forgot what game did it, but 
it was Control. Control did that like next gen version that's like it's only the next gen version. But no, it's actually like right. hey, if you own the old the last gen version, it's that same one. It's just upgraded. Yeah, I mean so they're doing like, it the way yeah. most people are doing it. That Control yeah. one is such a it's, okay. it's such a bum deal. It <laughs> yeah. really is. Like, don't get me yeah. wrong, I I got that edition <laughs> because <laughs> I wanted to play through all the DLC and I had it yet. So yeah. I uh, so I am yeah. tempted to get that. Uh, so that, that's that on that's on Game Pass for Xbox and Windows 10, and I think it's the free PlayStation Plus game of the month as well. Um, I might just end up checking it out on PC because I think, it, from what I heard, is PC still has the best looking version of it. So why not? If I got the PC to power through it, yeah, um, right. Yeah, and I'm excited because I heard good things, and the trailer for the sequel looks great. Um, you mentioned 13 Sentinels. That's something I picked up previously, but I never got through outside of the i think the prologue so i definitely want to spend more time with that and then yeah uh, but that's been about it yeah so for me it's been interesting like i said it's been a big life week i had uh my wife's family was in town and we were hosting a lot and then <laughs> i haven't been sick in a year and a half right because i've been inside wearing my mask when i'm not inside and then we have some of our family visiting and everybody's vaccinated. Like everybody who's at my house is vaccinated. So we're hanging out, we don't have masks on. And it turns out that somebody had the common cold and that ended up getting spread to pretty much everybody. It's been so long since I've been sick that I forgot what it was like. I hate being sick. I am very much like people talk about the man flu. That's me. I am such a big baby when I get sick. And so all I was was like a little congested with a little bit of a cough and I just didn't want to leave my bed. I was so miserable. I I mean, you say man flu, but I'm just like, milk it. If you're not feeling right, why why should you toughen through it? Like, yeah, I tell my wife wife this all the time. Like, why are you toughening through it? Like, why are you you trying to act tough? Who are you trying to prove anything to? I I will cater to your needs if you're not feeling well. If If you're acting fine. Why am I going to step in? <laughs> yeah, no, 100%. 100%. That being said, I have been playing things here and there. I mentioned that I'm playing Mario Golf Super Rush whenever I get a chance and pick it up. I'm still playing Dead by Daylight. And actually yesterday, at the time of this recording, so this past Monday, I streamed some of it over on the Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash theworkprint. And I think that is get that game is one of the most fun games to stream because it is mechanically simple. It's easy to, for the most part, to play the game and still interact with chat, you know, and, and read the comments and stuff like that. Now, there was a couple of times where I got distracted and I messed up a skill check here and there. But it's also, I think, entertaining to watch as well, right? Uh, there was a couple of times where I was running away from the killer where I was actually able to break the killer's ankles and, and juke them out of their socks. And even when I'm spectating somebody else, like I, I love seeing that, you know? Um, I did play a little bit as killer to start off, but most of the stream last night was on the survivor side. And I got to play with my cousin who hadn't played much survivor. So Part of it was me also teaching her the mechanics of the game. I know you were in the chat asking me questions about the actual gameplay mechanics and, and rules of the game. And so I want to continue streaming that game uh, whenever I get the chance, maybe do it like once a week over on the channel. 
And if we have people in the chat who also have the game, I'd love to do community plays where if we have enough for people to join in as survivors, or we can even do custom matches where I'm the killer and everybody else from the chat is a survivor. And so I would love to do stuff like that going forward. The other game that I have dipped my toes back into is Grounded. Have you played any of Grounded, Bilal? I played it when it came out, but after um I, I, it was just the first day but i had a, a graphics card issue um so i didn't, oh, okay. I didn't jump back into it because i was yeah. like i need somebody to play this with and then nobody nobody wanted to be my friend <laughs> so i started playing grounded when it first came out as well and i've only been playing on the xbox so i haven't had any gpu issues but they've added so much more i played in that first like two week window and was playing a lot and really enjoyed it. It's the first one of these survival type games that I've actually enjoyed and found myself getting invested in. There just wasn't enough content there at launch and granted yeah. it is still in the preview program. It's still early access, so it isn't a full release yet, but they've added so much more content. And so I've dipped my toes back in and actually last night, my buddy and you know, friend of the podcast, Mike brought me into his world and he just started getting back into it as well and building up his, um, save file and in, in his world. Yeah. And I go in there, man. And let me tell you, his setup is beautiful. <laughs> like <laughs> he's, I walk up and he's got a multi-layer like home base and I walk into the first area and it's this wide open space, almost like a museum, right? And he's got chests off to the side. He's got a workbench. Like it looks <laughs> professional and industrial in a way, even though it's made out of leaves. Have you? And then have you watched Solar Opposites at all on Hulu? No, I have. I, uh, like, uh, like the first two episodes, I think. Okay. Um, if you watch, they have like the wall, and they do episodes in the wall. It always reminded me of Grounded, where like people riding like ladybugs, and they're like. Everyone's mm -hmm. small, so uh, I, I'm just imagining oh, yeah, I know something the like that. I do know the wall. I, I did get to yeah. that episode. Yeah. Yes. And so, so I, I, I'm, I'm just imagining like that's what it was like walking into this. <laughs> you don't, you don't even understand. You know what it was? It was like the Batcave. I go up to the next level, and he's got like um, basically mannequins with the different armor sets on them, and each one's got a different bug armor set on it. And yeah. on the back wall behind them, he's got these high-level weapons mounted on the wall that you can just go up and <laughs> grab, and you can grow up and grab the armor. It was, it was a situation where I saw everything that he had done, and I was like, listen, I need my own place right across the water, okay? This is the world I want to be in. Like, this guy, seeing everything he had done and how organized and slick it looked, made me more excited to play and we went on a little adventure i w was like you know what i'll just hop in i'll see your world i saw what he had done and i was like no no no. what are we doing next like what do you have to do and then i ended up playing for like an hour and a half two hours later even though my intention was just to pop in for like 15 20 minutes and so i'm excited and we haven't even gotten to the new stuff Right, like mm -hmm. there's a new boss enemy in the Broodmother, and he like showed me where her area is. But 
We haven't gotten there. We haven't gotten to the underwater lab. Like there's so much more that's been added. Um, at one point, he takes me up to the top of his building and he's like, look over there, what do you see? And I go, oh, is that a beehive? Because we were <laughs> in a, uh, another friend's world and we were trying to find bees to craft this certain armor. We just couldn't find an abundance of them. And then he, and then him showing me that, it's, I mean, look, it's silly, but it's silly in the right way. It very much is the honey, I shrunk the kids game. Yeah. And I cannot wait to see where this game goes next and what they add. I'll tell you I, what, the I, one I, thing I just that- see, I just see like when he brought you up to see like the beehives, it was just like he's Mufasa and your Simba. And he's like, this is all your domain. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, like everything like, the sun what, touches. What, what's, that, what's that darker? That's where the broodmother lives. You don't go there. Yeah. Not without me. <laughs> it was, it was very much like that. And um, I'm, yeah, I'm just, I'm excited to see what gets added. And what I was going to say is that to Microsoft's credit, one thing that they do now have in their stable is that they do have these games as service or, you know, these games that have long lives that are being built before our eyes and are responding to community feedback in a, in a real way. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you see Sea of Thieves and Sea of Thieves just seems to be getting more and more popular and it ebbs and flows. It's very much like a wave. Yeah. And it it's be, every time they release new content, they have a high concurrent player count again. Same thing with Grounded. I mean, every time they add new content, it just brings so much more to the game and it just fleshes it out so much more that we are getting to a point where it is close to being a full realized game that you can recommend to anybody like in its current state i would just recommend it to those that are willing to understand that it is an early access and why there is dozens of hours of content already there it isn't a full game if that makes sense right and so it's getting closer and closer to me being able to recommend it to just about everybody the other cool thing is and we're going to get to this later is actually you know what let's get into it right now let's go ahead and get into the news because that wraps up what i've been playing oh, I, I was just gonna say uh or yeah. ask in this case sure. oh, what was it about grounded that mike stuck with it or, or still playing it no so point? mike yeah so mike really liked it from the beginning as well but his problem the only reason he fell off is because the rest of us fell off mm-hmm. and even though it is a game that you can play by yourself it is like almost anything right it's more yeah. fun with your friends yeah. And so this Doom and Shroom update that just came out recently is what put it back in his mind and also what had us talking about, hey, why don't we hop back into it? Why don't we get back into it? And so the moment someone was like, yeah, I'd be willing to play again, he went all in. He was pedal to the metal. Yeah. And so that's what brought him back. And so really it's like, I mean, E3 in a sense, right? All that hype behind it. Makes is sense. That's what brought him back. Uh, but yeah, the reason I want to get into the news is because our first story, if you can bring it up on the stream, and I'm going to I, I got to remember which one. <laughs> is the um, Dead yeah, by Daylight. Go. There yes. we go. All right. Dead by Daylight turns five, so players can earn in-game goodies. This is an article from Polygon that kind of breaks down what's going on. Dead by Daylight uh, is now five years old. And to celebrate the anniversary, the developer is giving away in-game currencies and cosmetics. 
one of the big things right away is they, they gave you 500,000 blood points, which is the current in-game currency that's basically your experience. That's what you use to level up your survivors or your killers and get the perks and attachments and, and, and items that you use in each round. The, besides the fact that they are doing a, giving you a ton of blood points, they have these items now that are called sacrificial cakes that give you <laughs> over a hundred percent extra blood points each round. And then those stack on top of each other. So we've been playing uh, in a full group of three, well, in a group of three or four, and we've been getting, you know, 400% our normal blood points. So we are just leveling up all these different survivors there. You also get these iridescent shards, which are used to buy new characters or get perks that you haven't unlocked yet with certain characters. I was reading an article the other day and it's not here in front of us, but Dead by Daylight at five years old just hit a new high in concurrent players on Steam, right? And it just goes to show you, and I know we've talked about this maybe every week since we've been back on the podcast, but when developers actually listen to the community, put in effort and handle their property with care and with a sense of respect, honestly, then the players will follow and the player bases will grow. I talked about this, I think three weeks ago, Dead by Daylight is one of those games that isn't talked about enough in my opinion, because it is very easy to pick up and play and it takes time to get better, right? And there are skill gaps, but anybody could play right away and have a good time. And there are some genuine moments of fear and and even joy in us like running away from a killer or dropping a pallet and just laughing when we break their ankles and stuff like that, or getting a last minute save off of a hook. Like there are very few games that give me the same kind of sense of accomplishment that Dead by Daylight does. And so to see it hit a new uh, concurrent high is is awesome to, to see. Yeah, and it, what, it's, you know, it's like what we talked about with Siege and all these live service games, it, especially this one. This one's been around, it, I know you're saying it's the fifth anniversary, but it honestly feels longer than that right, um, yeah. with everything. Uh, but yeah, I think you, you've been around since the beginning, right, with this? Yeah, uh, more yeah. or less. I think I think it was on PC only first and then came to console, mm -hmm. and then I started playing shortly after it came to console. I mean, the other thing is, and I think it's no, it's not a coincidence, but besides it being the five-year anniversary, that Resident Evil chapter that they just released is the best chapter that they've released and is one of the best video game tie-ins that I've ever seen. It just, one, it fits in the world perfectly. And everything that they've brought in from that property shows the level of care and commitment and respect that they have for Resident Evil, not just for their own product, but for Resident Evil. From the intro cinematic that plays right now during this chapter to having Leon and Jill and their perks, to having Nemesis as the, as the killer, to having alternate skins for Leon and Jill in the form of Claire and Chris Redfield. Like, it is 
nothing short of fantastic, honestly. And I highly, highly recommend anybody who has Game Pass or anybody who's into multiplayer games or horror games should give it a, a shot. I mean, you saw me playing. Granted, when you're watching and even when you start, there's a kind of a lot going on. Mm -hmm. uh, but what did you think watching? Did you you think there's any chance that you give this a shot? And oh yeah, play no, with us? no, definitely. It's also on Game Pass. I think one of the questions I texted you over the weekend was, "Hey, because I saw that same story. I think I saw it over at Kotaku. The the Steam concurrent player hit over hundred thousand. Yeah. I was like, wow, there's a community behind this. This is kind of insane. Um, so for me, it was, I looked at and you know the Steam sale was happening as well. So I was like, if oh I'm right, right. Grab this, I remember you texting yeah. me. Yeah. If I want to grab this, what bundle do I buy? And I, and I, I got, got a bit confused there because I wasn't sure if I can just jump in with the base game, if I need more. Like, what's the best bang for my buck? I mean, this. honestly, just jumping in with the base game is probably fine. I think some of the best perks for survivors in the game are from the base characters, especially when you're starting out, honestly. Mm -hmm. I think when you are just getting into the game, I think that you should stick with the base survivors and kind of learn their perks and learn how to play before you start getting some of the dlc characters because as the game has gone on they have added different mechanics and more complex mechanics in in the perks and how they work and stuff like that so yeah there the question you had asked me is if there's like a catch-all right mm -hmm. can you just buy one bundle that gives you everything and as far as i know that's not the case it is still even if it's bundled on steam it is the individual pieces just added to it or whatever but they do have sales all the time on the the older chapters and you know you can kind of pick and choose and if you want to you can pick and i pick and choose just based on mm -hmm. properties that i'm fond of you know yeah and yeah. because like i, I can tell that you looks like visually interesting yeah, I went to, like, I have the Steam page open right now, and it's just like, it's like, you could buy Dead by Daylight, or the Ultimate Edition, which comes with the Killer Expansion, the Survivor Expansion, uh, and then there's the Silent Hill Edition, uh, which comes with a whole bunch of stuff, there's the Stranger yeah. Things Edition, and then there's all the individual chapters, which I'm guessing are, like, the more piecemeal of, like, hey, th these are the killers or survivors I want, and so right. it's just like, I saw all of that, and I was like, well, the Ultimate Edition is $70, but like everything else is like around thirty or twenty, and, and I yeah, don't, and like I don't know how, <laughs> and the, uh, if I'm getting everything with the ultimate yeah, edition. I don't think you are, if yeah. I'm being honest. Because I didn't say and anything so, about Resident Evil or anything. Right, in there. exactly. Yeah, I like I said, my recommendation is just start with the base game, and my recommendation, honestly, is to just start with it on. If you have Xbox and you have Game Pass, just start with it there. You know, mm -hmm. give it a shot before you start investing any money in it. Uh, you mean, I you also mean think I, sh I shouldn't spend seventy dollars? I I, I, I would like recommend it. not spending seventy dollars. <laughs> figure out if you like it. Just come and play with us, learn a yeah. little bit, and then start pumping money into some you know DLC chapters. Also, what's that deal with that nurse? Like, what happened to her? Is there backstory for? There's for these backstory monsters? for every single that killer. That nurse was freaky. <laughs> yeah. No, it, there's backstory for every single killer, and they do a very good job with their lore and their backstory. And I mean, I really cannot recommend this game enough, especially as somebody who I'm a huge fan of horror movies in the vein of Nightmare on Elm Street, mm -hmm. Friday the 13th, Halloween. And if you're a fan of those type of slashers, then this game absolutely satisfies that itch in a way that not 
or no other game so far has for me. How did you like playing with the Nemesis? Uh, so that's the thing. With me, with Killers, it always takes me a while to get used to them just because they mm -hmm. all do operate differently before I feel good with them. I, the Killer, when you're playing as Nemesis, he feels intimidating. Like, even at playing as him, like, you feel like a bioweapon. <laughs> yeah. And so, for me, it was just a matter of getting used to the range on his tentacle strike and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But he feels very, very strong. And he is fun to play. Yeah, I, and I think, um, yeah, like it, it seems like as survivors, you just go through the map and start the generators. Is that, is that yeah, what you're doing? Yes, at baseline, <laughs> you are trying to repair these generators and there are skill checks involved. Uh, but there is some strategy also in you know when to be on the generator when to be off which generators to do oftentimes when we lose when we're playing it's because of the order we did the generators and we end up we ended up leaving generators that are too close to each other so the killer can just bounce back and forth between mm -hmm. them um listen i could sit here and talk about <laughs> dead by daylight for like an hour and a half but we need to move along so i i, I just one last thing i think my favorite part from the stream last night was uh when i think it was you matt and Taylor playing, uh, and I think you're. I think they might have escaped, and you're like, if this was real life, I would have been like, guys, come back! Uh, Don't yeah, leave me. yeah. Part of me uh, actually wants to go back and kind of clip that and put that up on the socials to help promote me playing Dead by Daylight in the future. Yeah, no, it was, it was a good time. Um, yeah. I'm excited to. Uh, I'll probably install it this week, and hopefully, if life doesn't get in the way, play with yeah. you guys one of these nights. Um. All right, next bit of news from Fanbyte. NetherRealm wraps development on Mortal Kombat 11 and confirms new project. So I saw this actually pop up on my timeline because I am following Mortal Kombat. They tweeted out on July 2nd that NetherRealm is now focusing on its next project. And after more than two years of supporting Mortal Kombat 11 DLC for the game, including characters, has come to an end. Say it ain't so. I mean... I mean, it's been a while. They've added a lot <laughs> yeah. of characters to this game. And I know that there was rumors about Ash from Evil Dead appearing in the game. And it seems like that deal kind of fell through. Um, but they've added so much. And they've supported this game for so long now. And NetherRealm has always been kind of on a schedule where they release, you know, Mortal Kombat and then two or three years, they release an Injustice. And then two or three years, they release another Mortal Kombat. So it's not surprising. Um, and I also don't think that there's anybody who is a fan of Mortal Kombat 11 who thinks that they're prematurely ending support. I think everybody is pretty happy with the support that it has gotten, including the aftermath story expansion which is something that is pretty unique to fighting games right i mean mm -hmm. no other one is doing story modes the same way that nether realm does they're still the kings like, when it comes to story modes that was in like, fighting games that was like an epilogue essentially for the story because it was 9 10 11 were all like a trilogy right uh yes nine ten eleven yes nine is when it started yeah so nine started kind of the soft reboot of mortal Kombat. then there was 
10, which was a continuation, also introduced the combat kit. And 11 was kind of the wrap-up, which I think leads into another soft reboot of Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Um, there's Weren't they rumored to be doing like a Marvel game next or something? I mean, yeah, we'll see. Well, I think that was a grain of salt at this point yeah. until something's officially announced. But, you know, I'm glad they're working on something, especially with... Um, all the acquisitions and sell-offs going on with Warner Brothers uh, and their parent companies uh, over the last year. It you know, just I'm I'm glad they have another project lined up and they're not disappearing because that's a talented team. Uh, oh I yeah, not, I mean yeah, I'm not into fighting games, but um, too much. I, you know, I tried ten on Game Pass when it was there, just a bit slow and heavy for me. Um, you know. I'm not good. Like I said, I'm not good at them. But, you know, the community really seems to like it. Uh, Yeah, I mean, 100%. I love I love it. I mean, we have somebody in chat actually talking about that the fighting game community as a whole seems kind of dead. And I would say that while I don't think the fighting game community is, is fully dead, per se, I do think that COVID has kind of hit that community harder than other communities just because netcode isn't always the best and there's an excitement in watching this stuff being played at lands right against each other uh i know evo is having their warm-up matches uh now going on and stuff like that and it's the actual tournament itself is going to be spread out since it's all online and i'm I'm somebody who I'm somebody who uh, watches Evo every year when yeah. it was happening live in Vegas. And this year, I just have, like, little excitement for it. Yeah, it, it's interesting with Evo as well because, you know, COVID was one thing. But, you know, you can still do online tournaments given, uh, you know, net code and everything for, you know, mm-hmm. certain games. are terrible. Other games, it's great. Um, yeah. But, like, I think the thing that really shot it last year was the co-founder the abuse yeah. allegations. Right. Uh, which I think led to Sony buying Evo or becoming like a major stakeholder yes, in Evo. Yes, correct. So yeah, I and think... actually they're the ones promoting all of the warm-up matches yeah. that are going on. So, you know, it, it was a big story. Even like Capcom pulled out last year uh, before the event even got canceled. So, and I think it was soon followed by a lot of other uh, publishers as well. So I, I hope, I, I really hope that we do get to see evo come back to fighting game community because it's always an exciting time uh, there's a yeah. lot of great personalities in that scene it even if you don't watch the matches some of the clips that come out of it and just like the stories behind it are a lot of fun so i really hope that um the new evo under sony um flourishes also no, bring your fighting games to xbox stop, yeah stop, I, stop with this only exclusive nonsense i i think i agree 100 percent uh I know that the fighting game community kind of moved over to uh, PlayStation being the platform for those. And actually, at one point, it was like the Xbox 360 did get a ton of those games, and that was what was being played at tournaments was the 360. And then it switched over to the PlayStation 4, and it seems to still be the PlayStation 5, although I can see a world where that changes considering that the Xbox Series S uh, is so compact and kind of just makes it easy to hold these tournaments and travel that 
you know, travel with that and take it around. I mean, we'll see. I would love to see these games be on everything so then you could do cross-platform and just have a larger player base, especially considering that I prefer the Xbox controller for pretty much every game, right? And so, all right, let's move ahead from fighting back to horror. Horror developer Bluebird Team partners with Konami, the studio behind Silent Hill. It was last week where I was talking about Bluebird Team, wasn't it? Might have been a few weeks back. Oh no, they, maybe it was last week. Whatever the week we discussed that uh, the medium was coming to uh, PS5. Yeah, and so I I know I saw a bunch of I saw kind of mixed reactions on Twitter with some people kind of pointing to the critical and the Metacritic scores for the Bluebird team's past couple games being Blair Witch mm, and should, the Medium. Now, should they be casting stones? Have they seen the Silent Hill reviews? Well, so that's what I'm saying, right? Exactly. And not for nothing, Blair Witch and the Medium, I'm a big fan of, but I'm a big fan because I understand that they are a smaller team, that these games are clearly made on smaller budgets. And I still think as far as developing tension is concerned, that they're one of the best in the industries. And that's what you want from a Silent Hill game is you want that game to be tense at all times, if possible. And so I think that they are a perfect match for this. Now, there's not a lot of details um, that were announced uh, i i'll just read from the article in a statement about the partnership bluebird team explained that the two companies will share information and technology and more importantly they'll work on jointly developing certain projects um now uh, let's see there's an update as yeah well. so they haven't yeah there's a but the, the update is just that they haven't uh they're not willing to confirm anything at this time there's no confirmation that they're going to be working on silent hill but the update does state we don't have any specifics to share at this time but we can say while bluebird team will continue to produce their own original content we're excited at the chance to collaborate with them on potential projects across our various ip you don't bring them in considering konami's ip and not have them work on a silent hill so listen i know what's going to happen here we're going to see Konami's logos splash on the screen. We're going to see Bluebird team and everyone's going to get pumped. And it's going to end up being Metal Gear Survive 2. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I you wanted horror, right? I didn't know where you were going with that, but that is a good payoff. Oh God, I hope not, man. I mean, everyone wants more Metal Gear. Everyone oh, wants I more horror. So. Listen, give Bluebird team the money to do something bigger than their previous projects and i am telling you that they can make this work now if they don't then it you know then maybe it, it is that they aren't as talented as i i believe they are maybe it wasn't a money issue uh, maybe it is just a technical issue but i really think that they can make something special with silent hill with that ip with the style of games they make and how well they are at creating attention so i am very very excited for this partnership to see what happens next. Another thing we talked about last week was Doom Eternal getting that 4K or that frame rate update, right? Uh, the next gen boost. A little bit more news coming out that 
ID Software has announced that they've shelved Doom Eternal's invasion mode and instead are making a horde mode. There's going to be more information to come at QuakeCon. Real quickly, I'm going to read the development update that was posted Friday on Bethesda Softworks website from uh, executive producer Marty Stratton. As many are aware, we intend to release a free invasion mode update for the game. However, the unforeseen consequences of the pandemic and remote working impacted the progress of development for this edition. Blah, 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 blah. We expect to share more information at QuakeCon in August. It basically just says everything I had just told you about uh, them doing a new single player horde mode and they're continuing work on a refresh of battle mode, which is their online competitive mode. I think this game is perfect for a horde mode. Did you know anything about what the invasion mode entailed? So I read up on it once the stories start dropping. It was supposed to be where somebody could jump into your campaign game as an AI monster and just control As an them. AI demon. Yeah, so it's yeah. kind of similar to invasions in the Soulsborne games, right? And so well, basically you, you could... Yeah, kind of. Yeah, except in those games you come in as your character, whereas yeah. in this game you'd be coming in as one of the demons and, and interfering with the game. I thought it was a cool concept, but it's also one of those things that I just didn't see myself doing often, right? Whereas a even though it's a single player, I would prefer a multiplayer horde mode, but a single player horde mode, I could see myself getting into and playing just because Doom Eternal's actual gameplay mechanics and the moment-to-moment action feel so good and that is kind of the perfect setting to um to experience that and and what you would make sense to have that kind of mode with those particular gameplay mechanics yeah it um i mean horde will still be fun i heard the combat in um eternal is fantastic uh just like how you combo through and use all your arsenal um did they say if horde is gonna be multiplayer or is there just kind of just like a single player just go i believe they said violence <laughs> yeah i think it's just a single player probably a you know survival as many rounds or waves as you can don't forget the last update oh sorry if you want to read that what i missed that one <laughs> players can also now dress their incubus demons in a hot dog suit what's this look like I don't understand why you bring the podcast to a screeching halt just for this joke image that nobody else except the Twitch viewers can see. Nobody who's listening to the podcast can see this image. But it's, it is it's a... Incubus demon in a hot dog in suit. In a hot dog suit. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. All right. Next story. Uh, some updates to Xbox Game Pass in July. Here are the uh, games coming this month to Xbox Game Pass so far. This is what's announced from Xbox Wire. There's Dragon Quest Builders 2 for the cloud on July 8th. Tropico 6 for cloud console and PC July 8th as well. UFC 4 via EA Play July 8th. Blood Roots for console, cloud, and PC July 15th. Farming Simulator 19, Farming Simulator 19 for cloud, console, and PC on July 15th. and as we just spoke about, the medium coming to the cloud July 15th. So I was messing around with the, the cloud gaming stuff yes. uh, the other night because I, I was like, I, I'm not tired. I'm laying in bed. 
I'm sore, so I don't want to. I don't want to get out of bed. So yeah. maybe I could play something. But my wife was sleeping, and I didn't want to use the backbone controller because the clickiness will wake her up. Uh, so I was like, I'll just use touch control. So I started playing Slay the Spire, and this is something I've played on the iPhone before. So I had a bad habit of like touching like certain parts of the screen, hoping <laughs> they don't react. Um, I've done that. I've done that with that exact same game as well, actually. And. and I uh, it just got me thinking. I was like, I kind of hope, I, I I I probably requires a ton of work to do, but like yeah. in the future, that if you know touch options are uh, you know a thing, that like maybe there's a touch interface that can be programmed into cloud versions of games. I think it would be like neat, but I also understand like how much additional work that is yeah. for one little thing. So I think it's on a game by game basis because there are mm-hmm. certain games that do have custom touch controls in them. Like Minecraft mm-hmm. Dungeons doesn't have the standard D-pad joystick face mm-hmm. buttons. Like it doesn't have a full replication of the controller. It does have somewhat custom controls. So there is a world where that kind of stuff happens. But yeah, I think if it does, it's going to be few and far between because of how much extra work. Whereas this is just pitting a shell over yeah. the game, right? It's also... Uh, um, it, the cloud stuff has been a lot better for me. Uh, I know I complained about it uh, a couple of months ago, but it's so much smoother and faster on the Series X blades. Uh, real quick, I want to give a shout out. They added Gang Beasts uh, at the end of last <gasps> month, or maybe beginning of this month, over on uh, Xbox Game Pass. We've been playing that. I The first night I played that game, there was a point where I was laughing so hard that I was on all fours on the floor about to throw <laughs> up. Like, that's how ridiculous and silly and fun that game is. So is I just want to give a shout-out to Gang Beast. Yeah, there's online. Yeah, Ooh. and we've been doing custom matches. Okay. And so if you want to get in on that, you're I, more than welcome to. I'm in. And I highly recommend that everybody should give that a shot. All right. That game, that game has always been a, a blast. Ugh. This next bit of news is going to be our PlayStation Block. PlayStation's next state of play streams July 8th details PS5's Deathloop. So Sony is doing something similar to what Nintendo does sometimes with their directs where it, they are focusing just on one game. Um, or I should say they're mostly focusing on one game and then they have some exciting Indian third-party titles to show as well. They did go out of their way to say that they will not include updates on the new God of War, Horizon Forbidden West, or the next generation of PlayStation VR. Again, this stream is taking place on Thursday, July 8th, and the majority of it, or I guess a third of it, will be a look at Arcane Studios' Deathloop. We talked about this during the E3 coverage, that Deathloop wasn't shown at all during E3, mm-hmm. which is funny considering that Microsoft owns Bethesda, who is the, you know, Arcane is developing this game and it's being published by uh, Bethesda Studios. And for, but of course, they're not going to show off a game that is a timed exclusive for the rival console, and I, right? And I imagine that Sony has the marketing... Uh, agreement, lock, right. Yeah, agreement lockdown on that. Yeah. And so uh, it's cool. I'm excited for Deathloop, actually. I kept telling myself that I was going to just wait until it came to Xbox and play it as part of Game Pass and with a controller that I prefer. But the more I see and the more I hear about it, the more excited I get for it and the more I want to just play it when it releases. So yeah. uh, this state of play is actually going to be what 
pushing me over one way or another, made me finally decide whether I wait or whether I dive headfirst into it. I also think it's smart to come out right away and say, hey, no new God of War, no Horizon Forbidden West, no uh, PlayStation VR. Everyone has sets yeah. expectations properly because we do this way too often when if you don't specifically say that stuff, then we start expecting at least one of those things to show up, some sort of surprise. I mean, that's, I think everyone learned from Nintendo with Smash Brothers. It's mm-hmm. like, they announced like a stream and or a direct of some sort, and it'll be indies, and everyone will be like, there was no Smash announcement. <laughs> like, come on. Uh, but no, it, it's a smart move to make. Uh, I'm excited for this state of play because I want to see exactly, I want to see gameplay for Deathloop because I think everything we've seen is a stylized trailer up to this point and like nice screenshots. So yeah. I really want to see what this looks like. I really want to see how, um, I think they said there was like an invasion mechanic where somebody else can play um, the antagonist in your world. So I'm like, I want to see how this all works. I want to see if, is it just kind of just like a roguelike? Uh, what, but yeah, I, I'm pumped. Uh, this, you know, Arcane does cool, cool shit. And I think um, we might see more of, um, what was that Pixar-esque Sony game? Uh, that they showed with the little girl, Kenna and the Bridge of Shadows. I think that's it. It's think, something like that. Because <laughs> uh, that one was like I think at uh, a Tribeca, I would uh, hands-on playable demo. So if that's coming out this year, I'm not sure the release date on that. I think we might see more of that because uh, that game looks gorgeous. I heard there's some funny. performance issues yeah. with the Tribeca stuff, but maybe. You know, it's still not finished, so hopefully it's sprucing up for a nice showing. Yeah, I feel like Sony's slate of fall games is so up in the air still, right? Because we don't have a lockdown date for mm-hmm. Horizon Forbidden West. I mean, the only one we have a lockdown date for is Deathloop. And that's a game that was supposed to release back in May, right? Yeah. So, no, I'm excited to see what comes out of that. And like I said, we're in our Sony block of news. The next bit of news is Nix's joins PlayStation Stable as latest acquisition. Last week, we talked about them picking up Housemark and the faux pas and the mistake <laughs> in the graphic used on Twitter stating that they had acquired Bluepoint. And so instead of announcing an actual acquisition of Bluepoint, the next bit of news we got is that they had acquired Nixus. So Nixus is basically a mercenary port studio, right? They haven't developed any original software but they mostly help and have primarily helped with square enix's pc porting and this makes this is another acquisition that while not crazy exciting makes a ton of sense for sony as they seem to start to transition into wanting to actually release more of their titles on pc now they're not going the route and i don't think they will in the near future they're not going the route of microsoft and releasing their titles day and date on pc however i do see them kind of taking a releasing a game and then a year or two later porting it to Wait, I'm, so- I'm sorry my cat's been in the crib the entire time <laughs> oh i didn't even see him until no. I just I just saw something move in the background. Oh god. Okay. Um no, but yes. Uh yeah, I think it, as you said, with uh PC being a bigger part of what play, Sony is doing as much as some of the hardcore fans are like 
it's not exclusive anymore to consoles, blah, 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 whatever. The more people that get to play your game, the better. Um, yeah, it, it's a smart move. Uh, have a studio that just handles all that. Um, I, maybe they'll do Bloodborne. Because Bloodborne deserves to be on something else besides the PS4. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I agree. Not that I'm going to play that game again. <laughs> but I agree that it deserves to be on as many things as possible. I think I would. I would play Bloodborne again. No, I, I, I got the good ending. I'm good. Don't think I'll play again. But you, got, right. you wait. You got all three umbilical cords. Yeah, I eat okay, those umbilical okay. cords, baby. Yeah. <laughs> just, just checking. Uh, yeah, no, I was playing that game and I was like, all right, what do I have to do to get the good ending? And actually, it's funny enough. I was going to try to beat it without doing that, mm-hmm. and then just wasn't a high enough level yet. And so in my efforts to go out and grind a little bit more, I was like, let me go do the stuff that I hadn't done, right? Go down the paths I didn't go down. Yeah. And I ended up finding them. And so, yeah, I, I, I got the good ending. And I'm glad I did, honestly, because it, it's, a, it's a good fight. Very good. Yes, it's very good. Yeah. Uh, not as tough as the penultimate fight, though, in my opinion, but very good fight nonetheless. Which uh, last is the old hunter. Oh, okay. Yeah. So last bit of Sony news, Ghost of Tsushima director's cut announced with Iki Island expansion. So I'm, this is a article I'm reading from fan And it states that the new chapter takes place on Iki Island, which was also fighting off a Mongol invasion at the same time as Tsushima. The PlayStation blog post for the game states that the new expansion contains tons of new content, including brand new environments to explore, new armor for Jin as well as his horse, new minigames, new techniques, new enemy types, and much more. So this is a essentially game of the year edition and an expansion announcement kind of all rolled into one. So if you already own vanilla Ghost of Tsushima, then... On PS5, it will carry over your save file, but will also run you about $30 to upgrade to this version. So if you're just trying to play the new content on the PS4, it's $20. And PS5 owners will get better lip sync for the Japanese voice track, 3D audio, higher resolution options, and some DualSense features. Well, there was, you, there was no uh, Japanese lip, lip sync in the original. It was just uh, English, and then the Japanese dub didn't match at all. So it, okay, right. I, so. I'm, I'm actually really excited. Like, I didn't play through Ghost of Tsushima. I, I started it, but like uh-huh. th- this Japanese lip sync is like, yes, I can put it in Japanese and just enjoy it <laughs> uh, this way because uh, that's something I really wanted. So I'm glad I waited. Ghost of Tsushima is very good. It is a very, very pretty game. It is very much a Japanese Assassin's Creed, but more like the old style Assassin's Creed than the new RPG style Assassin's Creed. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, it is one of those things where I was doing a lot of side quests and then got to a point where I was like, all right, I'm kind of gotten my fill and I'm just going to beeline to the end and you're more than able to do that. So if you do want to just beeline it, beeline it and go straight through the main missions, you can do that and beat the game. Or if you do want to invest hours upon dozens and dozens and dozens of hours in the game, you can. Now, here's the thing that kind of rubs me the wrong way about this announcement. And this is just Sony being Sony. But 
I was saying that if you were just trying to play the new content on a PS4, then it's a $20 upgrade to get that expansion. But if you buy the director's cut on PS4 and then later want to upgrade to PS5, it's going to be $10. (laughs) And that is just so silly. Like, you know, back when the Xbox One was out, and I think like when Microsoft, well, I think when Phil Spencer took over and we were talking about, you know, Microsoft might not have the games, but they're building their platform. They're making smart technology decisions over like building that foundation so when those games do come the platform will be exactly what we want it to be it's very forward thinking and like i think people will call us stupid because they're like well they still don't have games like what's that all matter and like now you see it like what was the what's that marketing buzzword they used um for microsoft uh for the like uprising like the oh my god Smart now, delivery? Uh, smart delivery, yes. Yeah. There you go. And so there's smart delivery. Um, sorry. <laughs> my cats are fighting in the crib. Oh, my God. You're killing me here. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, like, yeah, no, like, smart smart delivery is just... It, it, it's it, it's it, it's simple. It, it just works the way it should. Like, I don't understand why you should have to pay $10 extra for this new content on PS5. It, like if you paid for it on PS4, it should carry over. Yeah, for I what essentially. It, it, I mean, yeah. I understand that there's new work being done, in, in that you are getting, you know, all those updates I mentioned be- before. So the content is the same, but all those updates that I mentioned before are only coming to the PS5 version. But again, I think when your competitor is kind of just has smart delivery and it just you just get it as as owning the the earlier version i i think it's a bad look when you then charge it and i understand that you have to make money to recoup the cost but you're already making money because if someone that means somebody that bought that director's edition right like somebody already bought that content whether it was twenty dollars you know or thirty dollars they already bought that that content and so at this point don't you know what you do is the better look, and this is the yeah. businessman to me. The better look is don't make it twenty dollars for PS4. Just make it thirty dollars. Make it thirty dollars yeah. for PS4. Make it thirty dollars for PS5, and just say, but if you upgrade, you get it the upgrade for free. Like, why do this? Yeah, it, and it's, like it's honestly just it's a it's funny because mm-hmm. the math is the same, but it's a yeah. worse look optically to pit it out this way. Yeah, and like it, it's funny, like you know, you mentioned mention like the save stuff and whatnot like even a plague's tale it's like for ps4 to ps5 make sure you download the latest patch on, yeah. to, on the ps4 before starting the ps5 right. to get your cloud save and then xbox yeah. it just works it just works uh, yeah. yeah and so it's like optics goes a long way and it's just like having the more hoops you have to jump through the more annoying it is and so yeah. m- maybe this is just a problem for the next year or two and then we get on with this generation post-covid and you know people don't really run into these issues but like for the time being it it is it is annoying and it it does matter yeah all right last bit of news and i think this is the biggest (laughs) announcement finally we get news on the new nintendo switch model nintendo announces new nintendo switch model with seven inch oled screen new switch will cost 
$349.99. It's coming in October. For the longest time, again, this is another thing I feel like we've been talking about week in and week out on this podcast. And I, probably because we have is that there's been rumors of this Switch Pro coming, right? And the rumors were it's going to have a OLED screen. It's gonna, the screen itself is going to be bigger while having the same footprint. The console itself having more or less the same footprint. That uh, your Joy-Cons will work because it is still basically the same housing. And the dock will be able to output to 4K and battery life will be improved. So we're well, getting all that, right, Rob? We're getting all that? Well, we're getting Bluetooth? <sighs> So this is what we are getting. (laughs) The Nintendo Switch will boast a larger 7-inch screen and an OLED display. Now, don't get me wrong. Having the OLED OLED display is nice. I mean, it it, it is going to look uh, nicer. Okay, Uh, Compared to the standard Switch, which has a 6.2-inch LCD screen. The new Nintendo Switch will feature a maximum resolution of 1920 by 1080p and a maximum frame rate of 60 frames per second. The in undocked in in docked in, in undocked, docked. it's still going to feature the same resolution, which is a 720p. So we are not getting a more powerful system. It really is the only difference being the. Um, fact that it is the OLED screen as far as the console itself is concerned. Now, there are some quality of life things that have changed. So on the back of the Nintendo Switch, it's going to have a new adjustable stand, which is more in line with kind of what the Surface line of tablets, their their stands. Yes, it's much better than that flimsy stand that came with the original Switch. It's going to have 64 gigs of internal storage. It's going to have enhanced audio from the system's internal speakers, which is a nice touch, I must say. And it is going to include, the dock itself is going to include a wired ethernet port, which again, is a nice quality of life thing. You don't have to go out and buy the USB ethernet port that I think both of us have have purchased and have. While the enhanced audio from the system's internal speakers is nice, when I'm playing it in handheld, it's usually because I'm playing it on the go, which means I have headphones in. So Mm -hmm. that doesn't actually impact me. I was excited for a console that was going to support 4K resolution when docked. I, when we were playing, you know, playing Mario Golf, while it looks great, still does not look great when docked on a 4K screen. Right? Yeah, I, I actually was playing a little bit of Fortnite on the Switch earlier today because <laughs> while I was with family this past weekend, my little my little nephew had mentioned that he still plays Fortnite, he has a Switch, and so I wanted to try it out so that I could play with him soon in the future. And it is hideous on a 4K screen. I mean, besides the fact that it also only runs at a max of 30 frames per second, whereas my Series X, I was running at 120 frames the other day. But this is, I woke up this morning when I, by the time I opened up Twitter for the first time in the day, this was actually like the first tweet I saw was this announcement. I think it was around 
you know, 10 a.m. when I opened up my phone. I think they made this announcement around 10 or 9 a.m. Eastern. And I was so, ex like, I was hyped early in the morning. And then I watched the whole video and started reading more about it. And the excitement started to go down and down to the point where, like, this isn't for me. There's so no reason for me. This isn't an upgrade. This is a, like, half, this slightly is the, lateral This is move. the DSi. Yes. This is this the is Nintendo exactly 2DS, <laughs> uh, yes. but better. Uh, but, yeah, it, I woke up, because uh, I'm off this week, so I slept in, and I woke up to a text from my boss. And my boss is, like, my video game best friend. Like, we talk video games all the time uh, uh we buy more games than we should uh, buy every console and i woke up to a text from him going i'm not gonna get this and there's a link to the article and i was like mm. maybe he's overreacting and i clicked it and i was like no he's right <laughs> like and i sat there and i was like where are all those promised upgrades because like okay props to them for fixing the kickstand uh because like you said the current one sucks. I, like yes. I tried using it on an airplane. No, <laughs> like I went out. Uh, I went out and bought an attachment to make it so that it could actually stand properly when yeah. on an airplane or in in table mode. Yeah, uh, the addition of the Ethernet port in the dock is great. I, I actually like the new dock look. Uh, like the, on the back, it's a more more curved uh, for the entry there. So I think like that stuff that looks neat. Um, I actually it, like the, I, the white Joy Cons and the white dock. Um, yeah, I I agree, and I like mm -hmm. that the docks have both Ethernet ports, not Ethernet ports, sorry, both USB ports on the outside now. So basically, the way the the dock they, works is that there are on the current no, one. There's one, and then there's one where the Ethernet port now is on the dock. So, wait, you're confusing me because there's on the current dock. There's two on the outside. Oh, there's two on the side, and then there's yeah. one on the back um, and, as well. Yes, oh, and they replaced yeah. that with the Ethernet. And yeah. they replaced that with the Ethernet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Which is nice because honestly, the only thing that's plugged into that back USB port is my Ethernet uh, yep. adapter. So yeah, I do. I I agree that it is, it is, the dock itself is nice. Um, the screen it's not, looks. It's just the screen is beautiful. Not, it's just, yeah, but it's not. It's not worth I the wanted. price. No. Yeah. It's just, uh, so so. Here's my Especially thing. for it to come out fifty dollars more than what the original Switch launched that this long after the original Switch, right? This is very much one of those products where you release it to replace the current SKU at that at that price, right? Mm -hmm. It's I mean, like it's not. I mean, it's not even as big of a leap as the Xbox One to Xbox One S was, honestly. Yeah, like it's less of a leap than that was. It, it, it here's here's the funny thing with if you were to go out to buy breath of the wild right now it still costs you 60 dollars. if you were to go out and buy that first model then nintendo switch it's still 300 dollars. i know 299 and so it's like if you do not own a switch and you want one get the oled model because i'll tell you yes yeah, i agree my my vita uh i have the oled vita and that screen is gorgeous i yeah. love everything about it i hope yes. The OLED screen quality is good because what I don't think Nintendo wants to see is stories about dead pixels appearing on their OLED screens. I think the, the technology has gotten better since the Vita, but um, you know it's still a fear. Uh, I know I'm paranoid with all my OLEDs and I obsessively look at the screen like that. Um, like OLEDs are fantastic, but like 
without that performance boost, without that guarantee of like at least 60 frames per second out of games or like a stable frame rate, you're still going to end up with a jittery mess on a slightly bigger screen. Also, also, one of the things too is that forget the 4K, which is what I really wanted out of it. The fact that the battery life is still essentially the same is insane. I just don't understand how since the Switch has released, people have talked about what they would love to see in a pro model, right? In a half-step console out of it. And this just misses the mark in so many ways, right? I yeah. I mean, of course, yes. If you're going out and you're buying a Switch today, then this is the one to get. In my opinion, they should just phase out the old one, sell what they have left, and just go forward with this one and just keep this one price point. Yes. Because it's, it seems like having these two on the shelf next to each other, I, I don't know why somebody who's not in the know wouldn't just get the original, except for the fact that this does have more internal storage, correct? What was the original one? 32? 32. So this 32. has yeah. it doubles this has 64. 64 so. I mean, but like I, micro SD card prices are so cheap. Yeah, um, right. Yeah. I'm over here like trying to find reasons to justify this as it is. And if, I just... If GameStop offered me $250 for my current Switch, I would, I would toy with the idea. Yeah, see, that's the that's as far as I would go, is I would toy yeah. with the idea, which is crazy. I mean, anybody who listens to this podcast or watches this podcast knows very well that it does not take much for me to want to spend money on video games, you know? Have you seen his Especially, uh, headphone collection? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so for them to come out with this announcement today and for me to be like, nah, hard pass. I think says a lot and speaks volumes. And uh, I tweeted it out this morning. I uh, essentially said, like, I think next year we see the Switch Pro. I I think this is just, like, a small incremental thing. I I know um, I might just be falling into, like, the rumor mill that a lot of folks do, but... Right. It's either we see a 4K Switch with... Because, like, there's been numerous stories, numerous... Uh, sites with sources Source, yeah. confirming that like there's these new NVIDIA chips with DL- DLSS like these store and these are from sources that like the industry trusts so I don't know if this is just so, a stopgap for like yeah. holiday sales this year and then we get either like a Switch 2 or like the new Nintendo Switch or the Super Nintendo Switch whatever they want to call it uh, next year or in two years but like I don't think this is it I, I did think they this say is- did they say whether or not they are phasing out the original model because that's the only way that makes sense to me is if they phase out the original one you just cannot buy it anymore this the only two SKUs they have on shelves are the oled model which is what they're calling it right Mm -hmm. they're calling it nintendo switch OLED. yeah oled model is if they have the oled model and the switch light on shelves those are the only two models you can pick up and then then next year yeah they released the switch pro i could see that happening because uh, then you are basically telling people that this isn't a huge upgrade i mean 50 dollars more tells you it's not a huge upgrade but this is just our skew going forward so uh, but I, if there i see that info yeah. that graphic that you have up and it shows all three skews so, on there i mean yeah. if they go forward with that i don't know how you introduce a pro model 
And then what do you have? You have four SKUs? Like, I mean, of... did you see the DS and the 3DS oh, I guess light it... up? <laughs> you know, the problem is I'm trying to apply normal video game logic and not Nintendo logic. So you're you're right. It's You know what? I... I'm on board. You're right. We're getting one next year. <laughs> I'm trying to see if I could find them. So there's the Nintendo 2DS, the 3DS, the 3DS, the new Nintendo 3DS XL, the new Nintendo 2DS XL. <laughs> I mean, how many of these were there? The original 3DS, they did the XL, they did the 2DS, the 2DS no, yeah, XL. I, I, oh, yeah, so there's like six <laughs> Nintendo 3DSs, I think. Um, so it's we can't put it past Nintendo to do it. As long as it still plays the same games, but we're it's not like we're losing a feature. So it's I'm actually really curious on what exact if they if they pull the trigger. Oh, the one thing I did see in the tech specs, Bluetooth four point one, didn't say anything about wireless Bluetooth support, but did they use Bluetooth for something else in the current console? Uh, yes. Yes, I have connected controllers via Bluetooth, I believe. Okay. Like like the 8-bit, though. Got controllers. it. Okay, but you can't do headphones, which I don't. I don't believe so. Yeah. I have the little USB-C adapter thing that I use for yeah. the... Yep. Nintendo. All Kingdom. right. I'm Killing like... I, I, I'm really... I saved that for the for last because I thought that is the biggest story. And so it was what we'd have the most to talk about. But it really has left me kind of pumped out, weirdly <laughs> enough, because I was so excited for, you know, the potential of a Switch Pro. And what we got today was, for me, just such a huge letdown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of it's my fault, right, for falling into and getting hyped at, at the rumors. It just seemed like there was so much momentum behind them with so many different sources and so many different big outlets who aren't in a habit of reporting things unless they have reliable sources that to then see this was just, I don't know, (laughs) such a bummer. I mean, it makes the news that Xbox dropped a all for one song about Xbox all access (laughs) the the bright news of the day. No, really. We're not going to get into that here. But, I mean, that that, that legitimately, check, yeah. legitimately made me happy and smile. So. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't, just go on the internet, type in Xbox all for one song and just watch it. It's great. Yeah. It's the type right, of marketing well, fun that they know how to have. That wraps up the news uh, and wraps up our episode for this week. Bilal, you want to let everybody know where they can follow you, where they can follow the site? Yeah, uh, you guys can follow me over at Bilal underscore Mion on Twitter and uh, NightMystic at Twitch. For the work print, you can follow us at the work print on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Did I say Facebook? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, all those. And then uh, theworkprint.com, we have um, some great articles going up. Uh, I know Norton has been doing Loki. We have... Uh, Rob covering uh, Kevin can F himself over at AMC. Different Rob. Different Rob, yes. And, uh, you know, uh, Christian actually did a really fun article comparing Rick and Morty to Loki because a showrunner um, uh, for both, uh, worked on both. So 
it's definitely a fun article and a lot of similarities there. So definitely check that out. Okay. You can follow me at SunnyVice20, S-U-N-N-Y-V-I-C-E-2-0 on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, pretty much everywhere. Mostly I've been streaming on the work print lately, and I think that is going to be my focus going forward just to help get us uh, more content and give more for you guys to tune into. I have some ideas. Like I said, I want to continue to stream Dead by Daylight. Uh, Bilal and I have been talking about with the Ace Attorney's Chronicles. What was the full name of that game coming to the Switch? Great Ace the Great Attorney? Ace Attorney? Attorney Chronicles? I think that's yeah. what it was. Uh, coming at the end of this month, me doing a little real-life lawyer plays fake lawyer game. <laughs> I actually, And I want to talk to Bilal about this as well, but I just realized that a while ago, I bought that original Ace Attorney duo trilogy? pack or trilogy yeah, yeah on the switch and never played them like i started to play the first one and never finished it so maybe i'll get in there and, and start playing through those in the lead up to that one. Oh, um, that yeah like uh, that first one um i i'm still devastated because i got to the very last trial the very last day and i lost my save <laughs> it's like i i can't i can't go back and replay through it maybe with the uh maybe i should just look up a let's play but it's been so long um, I've also been toying with the idea. I got to play uh, Legend of Zelda: Great uh, Four Swords Adventure on the GameCube, the one that uh, needed the Game Boy Advance and those those cables that connected the GameCube to the Game Boy Advance with my cousins one summer, and we played through the entire game, and I loved it. I think it's one of the best Zelda games, and it just gets zero love because of just like how convoluted it was to play yeah. through, but. I looked up instructions on how to do it involving Parsec and just the Dolphin emulator, and I think we can pull it off. Uh, I, I think if we can get a party of four, it'd be great, but you know, we could do it with a party of two, uh, worst case. So that that's something I'm looking at. And then I also want to do, uh, tied to the Olympics, uh, a Mario Olympics triathlon. Uh, it's like a super triathlon of like yeah. m- different Mario games, and we have like a grid uh, that tracks everyone through points and stuff like that. Um, that goes through a lot of different Switch games. So I, I've got an idea. Uh, I'm working on putting that all together. It should be a lot of fun. Hey, listen, the more stuff I can beat you in on stream, the happier I am. So let's do it. Ouch. Um, <laughs> t- t- I, you know, uh, maybe I'm going to need to get some backup. Someone, I'm just going to have to get like a professional to come in and just like pass the <laughs> controller off in the background. <laughs> all right, well... Hopefully, you know, if half of that stuff that we were talking about actually comes to fruition, I'll be I'll be happy. So and once again, I'm going to keep mentioning it on the podcast because it holds me to it to actually get it done. Is uh, There is another podcast I want to bring back and the video game trivia game show I want to I want to bring back. I just got to figure out the logistics well, behind that. Just before the baby, man. Let's get this done. Before yeah, the baby. yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. All right, we'll we'll brainstorm this week and see if we can't get something ready by eh, next week. All right. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.